Good news, everyone. Yes, everyone's favourite podcast from the year 3000 has returned. It's Tales of Futurama available exclusively for Four Finger Discount patrons. Starting all the way back at Space Pilot 3000, we're reviewing every episode of Futurama as we sink back a cool, refreshing can of delicious slurm. So be sure to sign up today or else Bender might tell you to... Bite my shiny metal ass. Tales of Futurama, available now at patreon.com slash discount. This message proudly brought to you by the Hypnotoad. Homer, I made a vow on our wedding day to stay by you, for better or worse. And besides, I love you. You're my homie, womie, romie, domie. And you're my margie, wargie, bargie, fargie, gargie, margie, targie, largie. I may have dodged a bullet here. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review episode GABF01. It is a strange one, a fun one, slightly odd. It's Mummy Beerist. I'm Dando. I am Guy, and Dando, I think you nailed it. It's an odd one, <laughs> Mummy Beerist. It's a fun story, but it just throws logic out the window and relationships between main characters out the window. I liked the episode. I enjoyed it. But you've just got to kind of switch your brain off for this one because you sort of, at the end I'm sort of thinking, wait, so does, does do the Simpsons still have that mortgage? Does Mo still have to pay them back? Uh, is Mo's going to go back to being Mo's again? Is Homer going to forgive Mo for trying to have sex with his wife? What the hell? You have to throw the previous 20-something minutes right out the window and while you're at it, throw the previous 16 seasons of the show Right after it. Yeah. <laughs> um, perfectly fun for the time that you're watching it. You get a few giggles out of it and it's like, yeah, this is an interesting setup. And yeah, you've uh, explored some okay uh, issues and other whatnot here. But by the end of it, I'm sort of going, huh? What is this? Yeah. It just ends with the kids on some hot air balloon. Yeah, it was a... A fun one, but just an odd one. There was nothing that made me go, uh, piss me off or anything. But yeah, logically, just, just a very strange one. But yeah, overall though, I I enjoyed the um, I enjoyed the premise, and I enjoyed seeing Marge and Mo sort of hanging out, and Marge being uh, appreciated. And, and I liked that it was Marge being appreciated, but not being appreciated because Homer wasn't appreciating her. Homer, Homer wasn't really being. I know he took out the mortgage. I get that, but it wasn't like he was mistreating Marge. Usually, these stories are set up by Homer, Homer mistreating Marge, so she goes to seek appreciation elsewhere. We had it recently uh, in early this season with the kids not appreciating Marge for her for her being a mum, the way she mothers them. So she goes and seeks appreciation from Nelson. So I like that they took a different avenue with it this time. Uh, and I liked seeing Homer desperately trying to win Marge back, even though he technically never lost her. I liked that he was making the effort for Marge, and I thought that was fun. Yeah, but it was just it was just odd. It was just you have to just pretend that none of this is really happening. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they pretty much went all in on the whole "I'm jerky as Homer" thing to the point where like they're actually making fun of it. But yeah, to your point, Dan, he didn't really he wasn't really as much of a jerk. As we've seen in previous episodes, we, we're kind of looking at him going, dude, why are we spending any time with you at all? You're a terrible human being. Yeah, he just made a terrible decision for his... He made a terrible decision in this one, but he's done this before. You know, remember when he invested all the family savings in pumpkins? Oh, well, <laughs> how many bad investments has he made over time? A, a, a lot of times. So that, that's, it was just another one of those stories. It wasn't like Homer's being a prick to his family. It was just Homer made a bad decision, didn't think about it logically, just yeah. because he wanted to have Moe's to survive. And he was doing it because, A, he wanted Moe's around, but also he was doing it for a friend as well. You could say he led with his heart and not his head, but I think he was also leading with other parts, mainly his, I don't know, belly, beer belly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and, but, but no, it, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very nice gesture that he made. It's like... It's selfish to some degree. It's like, I think he likes hanging out at Moe's and would like Moe's to remain as it is. But what is Moe without Moe's? <laughs> He's just some poor sucker lying on a beach. He's the guy who, um, you know, who gets a stake by a stingray. He's the guy who the, the suicide hotline will hang up on him. I think, so Moe, I think for many people is, out of all the non-Simpsons characters, is the most loved character on the show. Usually it's either like Krusty, Apu, Mo. They seem to be the three top dogs outside of the main family. Mm. We've all we all like Mo, 
but it's really hard to like him after watching this story. <laughs> I know that they somewhat, <laughs> for some reason, just seem to forget and forgive when when Marsh says, oh, you know, you proved you can be a nice guy. I'm like, you know, he did intend to uh, invite you to a convention and trick you into sleeping with you. It's like, it just, it was like, it, it, it's gone from out of, you know, down on his luck mode to just despicable piece of shit mode. And I was like, that's probably a little bit too far. I don't know. I think I'm going to disagree with you on that point, Dan. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really feel like he was calculating something. It didn't feel like he was hatching a scheme from the very beginning to get into Marge's pants. Not so from the very beginning, but he was at the end. Well, at the I mean, but it felt more like a reaction to him overreacting to a little bit of human compassion and kindness. Now, it's something we've seen before, of course, but it didn't feel like, it felt like, ooh, it's like, I think she's into me. And it's time for me to declare, you know, Time for me to respond in kind. To me, it didn't feel... He didn't feel like a prowler or a creep or anything like that. He felt someone who had been given a little touch of affection, a little touch of kindness, a little bit of attention, even, and decided to go for it. <laughs> of course, he was making moves on his one of his best mate's wives and all that. Unforgivable, non-pardonable, but still... It's Mo we're talking about here. You throw a dog a bone, of course he's going to go after the rest of the skeleton. Yeah, true. I just, I don't know. I just, I just watch this going, man, if I was Homer, I would not be forgiving this guy ever. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it, it's, at the end of the day, it's, at least it's been the recurring story throughout the entire Simpsons run is that Mo is in love with March. And he's finally yeah. going to get the chance with it. I know there's been a couple other moments where he's tried to. Was it? Oh, it was one where she kicks Homer out into the, the treehouse. Remember back in yeah. season five, and Mo tries to make the moves. Remember he's in the house and he's like, uh, it's, it's that great meme of Mo turning around on the couch and Homer behind him saying, Mo, what are you doing here? It's, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, there have been multiple times where. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It is a running gag or a running theme that uh, Mo. I, I don't know if he lusts after Marge, but I think he sort of Not sees Marge. Marge please, as, please, please, Midge, Midge. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that he didn't call it. I uh, annoyed that he didn't call him Midge once in his. I'm like, oh, Midge is what you call it. It's your pet name for him, Midge. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to be going with this, go with that. Hey, my favorite. What were your favorite moments from Mummy Beerist? Uh, one thing I really enjoyed, and it wasn't so much, it was really a, a gag that could have been in any episode, but cards look like the absolute piece of shit that DreamWorks Animation was churning out in the early 2000s. They really nailed that as far as I'm concerned. I mean, um, I could have done without the rather sour Eddie Murphy gag in there, in all honesty. That just felt like a cheap shot to me. Um, but on, but for the rest of the time, they got it really right. What do you define as piece of shit from DreamWorks in the early 2000s? Oh, something like Shark Tale. Shark Tale was pretty... Uh, and I like how they were sort of saying, you know, we just fill it full of celebrities... That's exactly what Shark Tale is. I mean, is there any point to, you know, Will Smith, Jack Black, Angelina Jolie, Robert De Niro being in a <laughs> animated shark movie? It, Just in case you didn't know Angelina Jolie fi- uh, voiced this fish, we gave her big lips. <laughs> you, you know who you're looking at here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure there are others, but Shark Tale is the one, really the one that sort of springs to mind. And yeah, there was just that period in the in the early 2000s when... Everybody like Shrek. Let's uh, make a whole bunch more of these. And not not many of them are all that good. Uh, I was about to ask good? you, just slight little sidetrack. Slight little sidetrack. Yes. In 30 seconds, sum up your thoughts on Shrek. Not the franchise, just the first Shrek. Perfectly likeable. Verging on adorable in, t- in parts. I'll always love Shrek. I, I, can, I think Shrek has one of the most rewatched values out of any animated movie in the last 25 years. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. No, I think there's a lot that goes right in Shrek, and there's a, yeah, there's a lot to enjoy in it. I mean, I would I would always love to know what it would have been like with Chris Farley voicing Shrek. Yeah, there is the recordings that have come out, and it's just, it's hard to look past Mike Myers now because you've just you're so used to it. Yeah, Myers really nailed it. I mean, the Scottish accent is like it's a choice, but it was the right choice because it yeah. really does work for him, doesn't it? Yeah, Eddie Murphy, I think, as in terms of like his live action career was in a bit of a eh, don't know period but uh, he, he brought his A game and then some donkey I mean you oh, know, he's, mate. it's full of energy and they've got great chemistry with the two of them no Shrek's good fun I, I honestly I honestly think Do- Eddie Murphy as donkey is one of the greatest voice performances for a, an animated movie ever I think it's great I just love it it's, oh, it's not quite up there with Robin Williams for Aladdin but it's fucking close it's been a long time since I watched Shrek or any of the other Shrek movies but uh no, they, it, it's good fun. I, I don't know if I'm as huge a fan as you are, but I do enjoy it very much. 
Yeah, all right. Maybe Shrek will be a movie we can review in the near future on our Patreon page. We are, we are doing a review on Run, Lola, Run, Lola, Run, thanks to our patron, Talia Enriquez, for being a $100 patron for the month. She chose Run, Lola, Run. And we just chucked up our review of Prey as well, slash a little bit of a mini review on the original Predator as well, which was um, mm. which was quite enjoyable. So anyway, getting back to this, how are we, what, were, what were we talking about? Oh, the pieces, the tr- cards, yes. Yes, but we were talking about favourites and yeah. wondering what yours are, mate. Well, I enjoyed... I enjoyed the song during the episode, but I just enjoyed the song during the credits as well with Marge and Homer. I always enjoy seeing Marge and Homer just having fun together because mm. at the end of the day, you can say what you like about the Homer characters, become a dick, whatever. Homer and Marge are just that relationship that we can all, in some way, people who are in relationships relate to. And I think yeah. like, they've always been there. Growing up, they were like mums and dads. And now I look at, watch the show and I'm like, oh, it's, it's Nicola and myself. So seeing these, this couple that we've grown up with, still enjoying each other's company is always, always puts a smile on my face. So I really liked that, 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 that closing credits song, the um, love will keep us together. Plus I like that song in general anyway. It's a great song. It is good. It reminds me of not too long ago, a couple of, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the lovely Louise and I had been out to, um, to a grown-up party <laughs> where we'd had some grown-up beverages and uh, came back, not quite ready to go to bed just yet. So I was like, eh, well, you know, put on uh, classic MTV, see what's, uh, see what's going on. And that video, um, Love Will Keep Us Together by uh, Captain and Tennille came on, <laughs> is the most 70s thing that ever 70. Yeah. And you know, the captain is actually, you know, he's got his, uh, he's got his seafaring outfit on. Lou and I are both a bit pissed. We're looking at it, what the fuck is up with the captain? <laughs> How did they choose this? <laughs> um, but you're right. It's a great song. I mean, uh, it just reminds me. That moment reminded me of just like a couple drunk at a karaoke bar, not giving any fucks, just having a good time with each other. It was it's awesome. <laughs> it was good indeed. So yeah, um, Captain Daniel and Love Will Keep Us Together. Fantastic song. So yeah, that was an, a very nice moment. Yeah, and I also just for some reason really enjoyed. I always enjoy the Homer and Wickham duo, but the fact that Wickham <laughs> was just driving the thing. You get it. Keep me closer, Chief. Anything for love. <laughs> it's, it's so stupid, but I just really enjoyed how devoted Wigan was to helping Homer get there. <laughs> and I, you know, I love that cliche from, um, I guess, the 90s, the 2000s. It, it may still be going on, but, um, well, not so much in airports now because, you know, you get busted by security. But it's like, the one you love is taking off to an unknown destination or, or a far-flung destination with some other person. Go catch them, you know, and everyone will help because, as we said, in anything for love, everyone believes in love. So total strangers will band together just to help you declare your affection for that uh, that special someone, <laughs> breaking all manner of law, <laughs> all all manner of laws in the process. I always feel sorry for the, the other person, though. Sometimes the other person that they're going away with isn't a bad person. It's just that we, we don't want them to be with the girl or the guy because we are more in love with the person that's trying to chase them. And they, they end up, you know, arriving at the airport and the, the girl or the guy is just like, oh, you know what? I actually love them more instead. And it's like, poor motherfucker. He was just spending on this fucking holiday with this person. He's done nothing wrong. And <laughs> she's fucked off or he's fucked off with the other person. <laughs> it was so funny in the 90s. I mean- Bill Pullman, the president from Independence Day, yeah. he played that guy so many times, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, most uh, most notably in Sleepless in Seattle, and uh, yep. he had a great moment where he, you know, he sort of realised, oh, Meg Ryan, you're more in love with Tom Hanks, are you? And he was really cool about it. And yeah. like, <laughs> that, you know dude. you're meant to be sort of pulling for <laughs> Hanks and Ryan, but sometimes like, this guy's a handsome guy, got dignity, you know, he's going to be a real catch you know some you know some lucky lady's going to land bill pullman down the line turned out to be sandra bullock and while you were sleeping so there you go (laughs) (laughs) next question you there eating the paste yes mr davis it is in fact time for some trivia but before then we're going to read out the names of those amazing 20 dollar patrons kicking off this week with jared howard also christopher trent darby andrew zur jordan moleman richie steamed ham champion dylan haggett hank scorpio kevin dental plan flood Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Belson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Lewis Kavanagh, Jack McFadden, Preston Murray, and Heath Appleby. Thank you so much, guys, for your support. Also, shout outs to our newest members of the Four Finger Discount family. We have Daniel Cox, Paul Lazau, Jonathan D., 
Mike Max Power Edwardson, as well as a shout out to our man Gavin Shorthall, who has upgraded his patron from $2 to $8. Thank you so much, Mr. Shorthall. As well as a shout out to our $100 patrons for the month, Mr. Elliot J from a fellow Simpsons podcast known as the Simpsons Index, as well as Talia Enriquez, who requested that we review Run Lola Run. So that was the review that she requested for being a $100 patron, and that Run Lola Run review is now available on our Patreon page, as well as plenty of other movie reviews, Guy on Springfield, Tales of Futurama, and much, much more. You can find it all on our Patreon page. But all those people, Mr. Davis, absolute champions, every single one of them, aren't they? What a Hall of Fame. Mm, Hall of Fame indeed. If you want to be part of the Four Finger Discount Hall of Fame, just got to go to patreon.com slash discount. We do appreciate all of the support from all the new patrons who have jumped on board recently to help us grow this show, grow the network, and bring you daily podcasts. That is the dream. Daily podcasts in your ears. Daily? Oh, good Daily, luck. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. <laughs> all right, trivia, what's your first question? Where is Danny the server from? Danny, oh, man, I should have remembered that. Tommy, no, it's Tommy, you mean? Do you mean Tommy the... the I mean, mean Tommy? Tommy the server, yes. <laughs> I knew what you meant. I was trying to trick um, uh, No, what is it? He's from Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach, yes. My first question is, what day of the week is Trash Day in Springfield? Oh. It's it's. I'm not sure what day you get your bins taken out, but it's the day before ours. So if we're on the same thing, what would it be? In that case, I'm going to say Tuesday. Ah, uh, Wednesday. Our bins get emptied on Thursdays. So oh. there you go. Oh, Thursday morning. Oh, I take um, I take Full. the bin out on Wednesday night, so it's emptied on Thursday. Morning. <laughs> oh, I get what you mean. <laughs> Your next question. So I was right, but you're right. In it, but in a more important way. I was not right. Like, like this episode, your logic out the window. <laughs> Very correct. Now, I do have a trivia question here, but I think it's one of those ones that's all so obvious, but also so difficult that I'm thinking about. I might keep it up the sleeve like a trump card. Ooh, till, okay. Till how, many do you have, how many do you have in front of you? Um, I have, if I take that one out of the equation, I have three more questions for you. Okay, go for it. All right, then hit me. What's your next Come one on. then? The bum rush that Marge demonstrates on Homer, what style is it? That was Detroit, and that almost made my favourite moments as well. I just love the, oh, yes, very good, the Detroit style. <laughs> Detroit style. <laughs> I, love the, I nice. love the saying, bums rush. It's like, hey, yeah. give him the bums rush. Yeah. <laughs> my next question is, it should be an easy one, but for some reason I forgot it after the episode as well, so I thought maybe it would be a good question. What's mm. the name of the pub? It is called the Nag and Weasel. You're looking at your notes there. I feel like that's one of your questions, is it? No, no, but I just wrote down because I thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, the Nag and the, Nag and the Weasel. It's a very, very British pub, the Nag and the Weasel. It, do you remember, do you have any great British pub names from when you've uh, gone back to gone back to Boston, English um, Boston? Nah, but it's like a franchise. It's it's almost like a pub version of the Sporting Globe. Oh, Worthington? Oh, what? Oh, what? Okay. Is it? Oh, shit. Wait, wait, hang on a second, listeners. I'm going to go ask Nicola. Weatherspoons. Weatherspoons is what it's called. Weatherspoons. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going down to Weatherspoons. Yeah, like it's like the the sporting globe of pubs. (laughs) (laughs) My next question to you, Dando. Um, The Life magazine cover from Lenny's birthday features a bloodbath in where? No, lost them. It is a bloodbath in Laos. Laos, okay. Or Laos. Would you (laughs) want that as a birthday present? It is your birthday next week. It's your birthday next week. It is too. My birthday's actually on Father's Day this year because I was born on Father's Day. So every, I think it's like every seven or eight years it lands on, it's, it's not every seven years because of the leap years it fucks with it. So it's like, yeah, it w- works out to land on Father's Day every now and then. So, oh, well, I don't get two different presents this year. I get one big one, hopefully. Oh, well, hopefully it's one big one, yeah. But just getting to share the um, that 24-hour period with yourself because you're the fifth, I'm the fourth. Who would have thought it? Correct, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you, you duly, you've been duly warned, listeners. So, when you were going to bed, you know, on, on, on you know, yeah, what, so what would it have been? So, you were born in 69. Let's, let's not talk about how the age gap is. <laughs> so, when, when, so when, you were, when you were going to bed on your 19th birthday or your 18th birthday, going, oh, on, on the night before saying, oh, I'm going to be 19 tomorrow, little little boy Dan that was being born and brought into as, this world. <laughs> as I was sliding into bed. Dando was sliding out of exactly right. Yes, Slide, you were sliding into bed with somebody into a, with a, sliding into bed with a woman. I was sliding out of a woman. Yes, 
you're, you're very confident about my pulling abilities at age 19. <laughs> I think they well, were definitely pulling it. They yeah, were yeah. pulling abilities <laughs> at the age of 19 <laughs> and beyond. Um, next question for me from you. Yeah. Um, oh, so, hang on. Where, uh, where are we? Okay, cool. My final question is, which... Oh, we've already discussed it. Which actor gets arrested in the trailer? So it was Eddie Murphy. Let's think. Who was the other person that appeared in the trailer? The other actor. And which film oh. were they taking off? A quote, they said, it said a quote from a particular film. Oh, it's Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yes. From? Yeah. Uh, from Few Good Men. Yeah. Correct. You can yes. handle the twos. But they also had a bit of a Jackie Mason in there as a shout out to yeah. Rabbi Krostovsky. Shut up, kid. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The big question that mm. I was going to ask, and you probably you may have this in your in your notes, mm. what is the new loan tracking number? Uh, no, I was going to write that down. I thought, nah, fuck this. <laughs> I must admit, when I saw it, I'm like, that's a lot. Okay, let's pause it. Let's see. <laughs> I don't put it past Dando to ask that. Usually, I'm the one that does all this. So I'm glad you've actually, you've actually done it. So what is it? What is the the, the tracking number? It is M six three one seven zero 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 six four two J. Okay, I wonder if that could legit be a number. Like, I wonder if there's somebody out there in America with a mortgage number, or in two thousand and five with that number. It's a distinct possibility. Also, I may have added one too many zeros in that. Hey, maybe yes. All right, so that is trivia for Mummy Beerus. We'll be right back, guys, after this short, short break with our full in-depth review of the episode. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you can show your support by joining the family at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Here you'll get ad-free early access to all of our shows, Zoom calls with Guy and myself, as well as bonus podcasts such as Tales of Futurama and Guy on Springfield, where we go back and revisit classic episodes from the first 10 seasons. So go ahead and join the family today at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. The original air date of Mummy Beerist was January 30th, 2005. Uh, it was written by Michael Price and directed by one Mark Kirkland. There was no chalk gag and the couch gag is the one with the living room is made out of sand. The family are all looking de- de- dehydrated and tired. Mm. They crawl in and end up lying under the desert sun when the living room all collapses. Oh, good all right. So the episode <laughs> kicks, off, it kicks off from Rat Brunch, which is breakfast with booze. And they're celebrating Homer finally paying off the mortgage. I liked the shot of him burning the, the piece of paper and it burning up and you're seeing the family celebrating from behind. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a curtain reveal, like a, like a, a stage show. I thought it was pretty cool. And Lisa, way to build equity. And Homer says, don't you eat uh, Don't you eat all the crap food here that they want to fill you up in, like bread and things like that. You eat, eat smart. This is a buffet. Are you a fan of a buffet? I love a good buffet. I don't mind a good buffet. It's been a while since I have uh, partaken in one. But uh, when I did a bit of travelling for work, I would always enjoy when I'm staying at a, not a super ritzy hotel, but a medium ritzy hotel, like a name brand, like a Sheraton or something. Be like, oh, they got the buffet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, get some a little shovel of scrambled eggs. Ooh, those mini sausages. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, yeah, I don't mind a good buffet. Yeah. I, I must admit, I would be like Homer, though, in this, where I would just, someone tried to offer me oatmeal. Screw you. <laughs> Shove <laughs> the them best, off. The best breakfast buffet that I was ever able to try was in Dubai. It was fucking incredible. It wasn't just like your toasts and your, your scrambled eggs and stuff. They had like all these rice dishes and these meats and all this other shit. It was fucking amazing in Dubai. It was the best breakfast buffet I've ever had. It's the great thing about Dubai is that it, it, it is kind of like the crossroads of the world. You've got people coming from everywhere. It's a big layover lake location. So they know they have to cater for all types of tastes. So, yeah, you've got a breakfast buffet that's got people have rice pudding for breakfast. Mm, maybe I should try this. You know, I'll be a bit continental. <laughs> no, I'm going to have cornflakes. Yeah. <laughs> you could put your bread to that fucking slow toaster machine. <laughs> the slow toaster machine, that's so cool. It's like I something know. that Frank would invent. Yeah. <laughs> every every hotel like in the world has one. invention. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're a little kid and you, 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 you do that, you feel like you're a fucking scientist. You're like, I just did that. I just toasted that bread. Did you see? Mum, mum, watch. Watch me. <laughs> watch me make toast. <laughs> but Bart does. And we get, we've had this gag before where he's going a little more, a little mm-hmm. more. Too mm-hmm. thin. It's similar to yeah. when um, Lisa was babysitting and he wants peas. So, a little yeah. more, a little more. Too much. Uh, then Bart shoots meat into Lisa's mouth. And I've got here, this should have been a bigger reaction. So, she's a vegan or a vegetarian. Oh, yeah. or, is she vegan? Is she got vegan now? 
I don't know if she's gone vegan yet. She's she has gone vegetarian. vegan. Yes, yeah, she has. Now she has gone vegan, right? Because she was with that Jesse guy. Didn't she go vegan in that episode? And he was like a four star vegan or oh, something. And she's like a yeah, low level right. vegan, something mm-hmm. like that. But anyway, it's like he just shot me- food, at, like meat, into her mouth, and she just carries. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's annoyed, but it's like. That should have been. That's, that's a big deal. If I, if I got my sister who's a vegan and just fucking forced fruit like meat down her throat, Jesus Christ, that sounded bad. But <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like if you just got a piece of steak and threw it down there, it's like yeah, it's not cool. But um, but Lisa gets him back by making him eat fruit, and then Marge just screams, "Stop making a scene!" And I was like, "Oh, Marge, in this moment, you are my fucking spirit animal." Because my God, <laughs> taking kids to a restaurant, it's like just be normal. <laughs> Sit the fuck down and eat your fucking food. What the fuck is wrong with you? What the- <laughs> At which point, just heads are swiveling around. What a bad dad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the fallen one. <laughs> not only can he not control his children, he screams at them too. Quiet, you awful man. <laughs> but the, even Mayor Quimby's there with his secret other family. <laughs> well, have you see the designs of the kids? It's hilarious. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, they're all just Quimby. Yeah. And Homer says, you've ruined two meals. I'm so embarrassed you ruined two meals because this brunch. I'll see you at Lupper. Now we're at Moe's and Homer's very sad and he's contemplating, why did I have kids? I could have been you know, a writer, a Shakespearean writer, whatever. And the health inspector arrives. I actually did enjoy this part of the story in the sense that it explains why Mo has been able to get away all these years of having mm. the dank and all, have all the rats and all that kind of shit. So he's friends with the health inspector. My God, look at this filth. How to close this dump down for good. Huh? Huh? But then where would I go to get away from my wife? Come here, Mo, you beautiful, hideous troll. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is Frankie from the health department. We go way back. Lenny, you don't have to hide that rat. Off you go, little fella. When we were kids, our dads used to get drunk and make us fight each other. Huh? Huh? <laughs> my pop would buy me a mullet for every tooth of Mo's I knocked out. That time you blinded me, he gave you a bike. That sure was a good sounding bike. <laughs> well, now to give this place a thorough inspection. <clears throat> Free from infestation, check. Sanitary utensils, check. Food hygienically stored, only one way to find out. Oh my god, he's dead. I don't think I'd ever try a pickled egg at a pub or a pickled onion. Is it an onion or an egg? It's an egg, right? Well, oh, it's an egg in this situation. Yeah, but yeah. There are also pickled onions at various yeah. bars. and But I'm like, no, no, no. That's for decoration. Yeah, I don't know whose hand's been in that jar. I'm not going to eat anything out of it. No, not at all. <laughs> but uh, but Wigan walks in and he, you know, he's about to ask them who parked in front of that fire hydrant. And, oh, okay, I see you are. You guys are busy. Here, take some money. Go buy yourself some dinner. He, he bails. Then one week later, the new inspector arrives, and he's just not a fan at all. He plans to shut down Moe's because of things like the uh, the body of his predecessor still being on the floor. <laughs> that dead body gag was actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Trash is out next Wednesday. And then uh, he's got chicken skin in the dispensers and the toilets up in the roof, so he shuts him down. I liked the um, the funeral they have for Moe's at the front with everybody. Mm-hmm. This the little um, thrust from Duffman <laughs> at the front door. <laughs> Half-hearted thrust. It's quite a nice little moment. I mean, this would this would have more emotional impact if Moe's was actually getting shut down for good. Obviously, it doesn't. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just like that they're all there paying their respects and everything, and everyone's sad. And then uh, Moe says, "You know what, guys? You're gonna have to go across the street to the uh, the League of Extremely Horny Gentlemen." That was I thought that was going to be a, a trivia question as well. I was like, should I rewind to that bit just to get the name of the bar? I'd forgotten it was the League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen. And as a drinks a drink, so they all go over there. And Homer says they're he's too fat to go. Homer says he's too fat to go to a um to a gay bar. And Mo says, well, I'm gonna I can't open up my place anymore, mate. I haven't got the money for it. So he says you'll help him. They go to the bank and he takes out another mortgage and he says, hmm, another mortgage. What would Marge say? And Mo's just in his thought bubble. Whatever you have to do to save Moe's, I love my homie. Okay, honey, I'll do it. What's going on here? Nothing, nothing. Thanks, Homer. No one's ever trusted me before. Except for that one guy who shouldn't have. That was me. Oh, yeah. Marge then finds the new mortgage in the mail. She thinks the bank's made an, an error, but they have not. 
and she just cannot believe it. How could you give all of our money to Mo? And Mo's like, look, Ahama's like, look, honey, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to go to Mo's. And she says, well, she's coming too because uh, she is a co-partner. She's a co-owner, I guess you could say, of Mo's. And Mo, <laughs> Mo's, you can't go with me to Mo's. I mean, how would you like it if I came with you to your mother's? I would like it. You never come to my mother's. That's because I hate her. Marge says, um, you know, she goes to Mo, she says, there's going to be changes around here. And Mo says, I ain't ever going to be changing around here. I've, ne- you know, I've never had a partner, a wife, a friend, a chum, a casual acquaintance, a pen pal, a parrot, meaningful conversation, a brief hug, or even eye contact. So then he calls the suicide hotline. As you said earlier, they have blocked his call. Oh Homer then arrives <laughs> at work and he thinks he's on time. I'm not sure this logic works. <laughs> clocking in a minute yeah. to go and then clocking <laughs> out again. But I did, get, I did like the... Quitting time. I just, I, just, I, just, I just love that aspect of just this one guy whose job is to stand there at four o'clock or five o'clock and go, quitting time. It set up some unrealistic expectations watching the Flintstones, Flintstones as a young yep. man. <laughs> yeah, guy, just like, pulling the horn. <laughs> is, that that, is that that one job for that yeah. guy? That's so What cool. a job. What a job. <laughs> <laughs> Your job is to make everyone happy. Yeah. <laughs> did, you ever, did you have a guy like that when you were working forward who was like, quitting nah. time? No, so we finished at four, so we'd knock off about ten past three, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and you wonder why Ford and Geelong yeah. <laughs> We would be, we'd be fucking around for about the last fifteen or so minutes, and then we'd all just sort of wander to the um, to the clock off little station where you, you had, we used to get these key cards. You had to scan it against this box, the, the key, mm. the key off. The, this what's it called? The clock off box, I guess you'd call it the clock off station. And it'd be like four o'clock, and everyone's just like huddled, like like fucking. <laughs> Like people at the deli at Christmas Eve just waiting for their hot chickens. <laughs> and then four o'clock would come along and just be like, beep, 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 beep. everyone just be like fucking just sm- smashing the shit out of this fucking clock off station. But um, but yeah, we were, by 10 to 4 every day, we we're all out there waiting. Like we, we that, that's where you sort of had your last smoke break. Just, but but you, it was an added smoke break. So basically, the last 15 <laughs> minutes, you're just outside having a chat, waiting for the, uh, for the four, four o'clock to come around. And now technology's messed that up for everybody. I mean, you've got a, a whole deputy machine where you've got to. Put your face in front of it and everything. It still would have worked before. It just would have stood out of the camera's view. I mean, and if, I guess the, so. Yeah. The, the, the bosses were out there chatting with us. They didn't give a shit. No one gave a shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's get back to the episode. Um, yeah, he arrives late at work, clocks off, leaves, goes straight to Moe's, and Marge is already there protecting her investment. She says, "You know what, mate? I'm going to be here working. You're going to be at home looking after the kids." And this is where we get the moment you were discussing earlier with him saying he's mm-hmm. jerk ass home. He doesn't want to look after the kids. What are your thoughts on them pointing that out? You know, I'm Joker's Homer. I must admit, I thought they did it pretty cleverly. Yeah, I thought so you know, too. With the start where it's like, oh, he's pulling some dumb excuses. Oh, no, he's really ramping up how dumb he is and how, yeah, you know I'm a dummy. Oh, but I'm going to go play. And like, okay, that's... I don't mind a bit of self-awareness, although sometimes it can rub me the wrong way because it's like, yeah, just because you, you know you're a hack doesn't excuse hackiness. But yeah, I, I, I don't like I, it when they point out laziness in like the writing and things like that all the yeah. time it's like yeah don't point that out because that's one of the biggest reasons people stopped watching <laughs> pretty much yeah but i don't know i'm in two minds about this one because i liked how they handled it but at the same time it is something that i don't like <laughs> marge suggests some cheerier paint and mo's like well look marge the customers here they don't <laughs> like themselves and they seek the darkness so i Mar- love that was one of my favorite therefore they seek the darkness they seek the <laughs> darkness yes marge wants a higher class of hush and mo says he ain't changing for no dame nothing no nothing's gonna make him change so she's put together a song to help get through to him this place is a diamond but it's trapped in the rough yeah well the sign still says mo so enough of your guff Here's my new idea to sell both beer and grub. We will turn this filthy dive into a proper old-time British pub. A British what? Darts and meat pies and lager in pint glasses. What a classy way to get drunk off your asses. Hey, hold the phone. An English pub? That just might work. Inside, oh, my pop could be British instead of on pitish. So why don't we all? Ah, screw it. Let's get renovating. It reminded me of the Sherry Bobbins episode. Mm. Had that kind of vibe to it, sort of uplifting, changing. A, you know, it reminded me of the um, 
If you cut every corner, it is really not so bad. <laughs> that kind of song, yeah. But yeah, the old time British pub song is is pretty good. I like when Mo is like mid song and he says something. And they go in song, and then he and he starts yeah. singing as well. Like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, but he says, "Ah, oh, screw it," and he cuts down the um the one little pole in the middle of the room, which causes the roof to collapse. Marge was thinking just, you know, fresh coat of paint, maybe some drapes, but yeah. no, let's go with an absolute top-down reno. Let's go in complete renovation. Uh, opening night and got the likes now of Judge Snyder and Lindsay Nagel here. And Judge Snyder gets some action from the old Nagel. <laughs> Plus, anytime you've got a judge getting busy or something like that, and they use the term, I'll allow it, <laughs> when they're not on the bench, always manage to find that funny. The little hammer's called a, a gavel, is that right? It is. Yeah, boom. I just love that yeah. when you know, you know, so, you know, when a dog gets excited, boom, 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 it kicks boom. his leg, boom, boom, <laughs> <laughs> and Mo gets his first credit card. I, I like Marge's outfit here as well. I like that she's just yeah, she got like a not a waitressing outfit. She's just got like a Britishish British esque. Well, you you would like that. You've got a penchant for a British lass. That is true. Yes, and yeah, I don't think she's ever worn an outfit like that for me though. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Homer and the kids are watching the news report, which is being broadcast from Moe's. Who the hell is Mr. Boswell? I think it's a take on a, on a character named Mr. Blackwell, okay. who was like this, um, this queenie old gentleman who... Do you remember the show Fashion Police with Joan Rivers? I you ever know, hear of that one? I, I, yeah, it does ring a bell. Yeah, where they have celebs on the red carpet. Like, oh, she looks terrible. <laughs> Before that... Yeah, there was this guy called Mr. Blackwell who I I don't know his claim to fame or anything like that, but he was just this bitchy old dude who every Oscar every Oscar ceremony, maybe unsolicited, he would sort of call up the call up the newspapers and say, "John Crawford looked just terrible." <laughs> yeah, but he would say to him, <laughs> yeah, he, his his insults and cutting uh, cutting jives would be a little more inventive than that. <laughs> but it's like I don't know if he was like a, a fashion designer or. What he had going for him, but for some reason he managed to yes, parlay his bitchiness into a little bit of a side hustle. So I think Mr. Boswell is a bit of a take on that. But apparently, as Mo puts him, calls him here, he's a freakazoid. <laughs> I like the word freakazoid. It's, it's, like bad, it's, a, it's it? a payout, but it's like, it's a, it's a, I wouldn't even say it's a nice way to pay someone out, but it's just, a, it's a fun way, you freakazoid. I think if you put, yeah, if you put zoid on the end, it's a, it's like, Oh, you creep. You creepazoid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. You're, you're having fun You're with creepy, it. but you're harmless with it. Yeah, you're harmless. You know, you're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or you're freaky, but you're yeah, it's, it's freaky in kind of an appealing way. <laughs> I'd just like to say that there's one person to whom I really owe my newfound success. Marge Simpson. Thanks, Mo. Dad, Mom's spending more time at Mo's than you are. And they seem awfully chummy. Just what are you inferring? I'm not inferring anything. You infer, I imply. Woo! That's a relief. This is where we start to see the, the seeds being planted. Maybe there's more to this. Now, maybe Mo's sort of going, wait a minute, I like having Marge around here. I mean, and who wouldn't? Marge is awesome. She really is. Yeah, uh, Marge, then she arrives home at 4am and Homer's laying in bed awake. If I was Homer at this point, I'd be like, yeah, this ain't cool. I, would, I wouldn't like Nicola <laughs> being out all hours of the night. All the time. I'd be like, come on, I want to be a part of this as well. But she said that Mo showed her the bum's rush. And the delivery from Dan on the, oh, yes, Detroit style. Very nice. Very good. <laughs> I, I, just, I just thought it was quite funny. Marge then says that, no, I can't believe Mo and I have bonded so well. <gasps> you bonded? How many times? Like, Don't <laughs> worry, homie. You're, we're just work friends. You're my, my marriage friend. Right. And his, <laughs> that was a he, nice touch. His mind is completely at ease until Mo calls with an idea for cutesy toilet signs. He wants to get rid of the uh, stand-ups and sit-downs and put dames and dukes, I believe. One of my favourite bits, by the episode. I want to yeah, have dukes and dames rather than stand-ups and sit-downs. <laughs> Be honest. Tell me. <laughs> like, just, just, they've got this real vibe going. And she says, he says, I'm not interrupting anything, am I? Oh, no, of course not. I'm just in bed with Homer. Poor Homer gets left there puckering. So... He, <laughs> This this gag's silly, but it works. I'll just use this pucker for something. He plays green sleeves on the trombone. <laughs> I also was just expecting more, but I think well, green true. Works yeah, better. the sad trombone. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think green sleeves works works just as well, if not better. Marge and Homer are then at the cinema at the Googleplex, and I wrote down the titles of every movie. Would you like to hear them? I would because I did not. Three Fast, Three Furious, uh, Breast Camp, do uh, no, Breast Camp, uh, Dude, Where's My Prostate. Michael Eisner versus Michael Ovitz, Kill Bill Mayer, Explosion 2, Baby Cop 3, Tired and Cranky, 
Disney stroller rental, the movie. And then we get the uh, the trailer for DreamWorks cards. And it's always odd seeing non-animated scenes in The Simpsons. So this is obviously somewhat CGI'd. But I thought, yeah. they, I thought they did a really good job, like you said, of capturing just how lame these movies can be when they want to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, that that whole CGI visual thing, yeah, it was a really interesting touch. I was like, oh, oh, okay. It's different, <laughs> it's isn't it? A, yeah. Yeah, it's really snapped my attention back into it for a second there. But um, I think I've said all I need to say about cards, but, uh, yes, I would never watch it. <laughs> Marge and Homer's hands meet in the popcorn tub, which I thought was a nice little touch, a little, like, little cute mm. little teenagers in love again. And then Mo arrives, and did you notice this? He arrives, right? He doesn't say, hey, guys. He says, oh, hi, Marge. He completely mm. ignores Homer when he arrives. I was like, ah, nice little detail there to show that Homer's no longer in the equation. He's trying to pretend that Homer doesn't exist anymore. He's only focused on Marge. So he arrives, hey, Marge. He sits down, and then Homer's like, hey, Mo. And he's like, oh, hey, yeah, how you doing? How's that, how's that G.I. Joe that you swallowed going? And he reveals here that, you know, he and Marge share everything, and Marge takes off her wedding ring because her finger's getting itchy. Is that a, is that a line? Is that like a thing, like an itchy finger or something? You call it cold feet? Is that is that a thing, itchy finger? I don't think it is. No. Okay. <laughs> just, just felt, it just um, felt very obvious saying, oh, my finger's itchy. I'm taking, I was itchy, like, yeah. oh, is itchy finger a thing? I'm not too sure. To the best of my recollection, no. It's, uh, cold feet is certainly a thing, as you pointed out. Itchy fingers, not so. Or unless you're talking about uh, the seven-year itch. Ah, uh, Possibly. Yeah, but I mean, Homer and Marge have been together longer than seven years. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking it doesn't really work. They've been together for at mm. least ten. Anyway, Homer's now at work and he's really sad and he reveals to Lenny and Carl his concerns and they go, look, Homer, it's time you learned a sad truth. Can I learn it at a happy place? So they take him to Itchy and Scratchy Land and they explain to him that Marge and Mo are having an emotional affair. Do you think this is a real thing, an emotional affair? I think it, beca- I think it gained a bit of momentum in the early 2000s. Yeah, the idea of sort of emotional infidelity. I think an emotional yeah. affair is sort of like the groundwork for an actual affair. Well, that's the thing. Any, I think any time there is um, discord in a relationship, often it's because one party feels like they're not being, as this uh, as this episode points out, they're not listened to, or you know, their emotional needs aren't being met, as as opposed to their maybe as opposed to their physical needs. But that's the thing though, in this story, that was never really happening. Homer was never, because, no, they go to the cinema together, having a good time, Homer's being supportive. It's never really, oh, that fucking Homer. No, no, she never really has that moment in this episode. But yeah, I understand what you're saying though, in in real terms, yeah. I mean, she got got over the whole mortgage thing relatively quickly, it seems. The whole whole fucking episode got over that pretty quickly. That's not even mentioned again after like the first five minutes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully the nagging weasel is, you know, Got a bit of decent turnover, so you know you don't have that second mortgage hanging over your head. Yeah, that would suck. I'm, I'm just, oh, I am eagerly just chipping away at my mortgage, just like you know, I want to get this bloody thing out of the way so I can just kick back and enjoy that sweet, sweet equity. <laughs> Mo and Marge are having an emotional affair. Although there's no physical intimacy, there's a deep spiritual connection that threatens to destroy your marriage. What do I do? Engage your feelings. Become a friend. Get her a life magazine from the week she was born. I'll always treasure mine. You're absolutely right. Stop this ride! You're the boss! Marge gets home and now she's exhausted. She's really tired. Too tired to even talk to to Homer. Hello, Homer. You know, I'm up for anything. I can listen to you twice, maybe three times. Staying power from that dude. Goodness Mm. me. She said she needs to get up early for her flight. He's like, what flight? She says, you know, Mo and I go into the tavern and restaurant owner's convention in Aruba tomorrow. She told him 10 times. He clearly was not listening. And there's a shot here of Homer just laying in bed, really worried. And it cuts to him visualizing the cuckoo or cuckoo, is cuckoo? Cuckoo clock, yeah. Uh, with <laughs> Mo's head saying, cuckold, cuckold. And I was like, oh, okay. That's a <laughs> word I didn't think I'd ever hear on The Simpsons. <laughs> Even like Homer going, what's a cuckold? I was like, hopefully there was no kids going, hey, mum, what's a cuckold? Well, it's um, someone whose partner has been unfaithful to them, yes? Cuckold is someone who enjoys watching their... Oh, well, that's the modern, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think that became like a real thing. I don't think that became like a sexual thing until just recently. <laughs> oh, okay, because I, I remember this. this cause I was on, it was on this other show that I was watching, I was talking about, and like, oh, yeah, it's a guy that likes to watch his wife bang other guys. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's a really weird joke to make. That's <laughs> in the sense. Yeah, no, a, a, a cuckold is a guy who, yeah... Oh, your wife cheated on you? Yeah, that makes you a cuckold, dude. 
Ah, I mean, it's a fairly, okay. it's a fairly old term. That's not as shocking then, because I watched it. No, like, no, oh my, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but re- but more recently, yeah, there's that whole sort of subgenre of porn, which is cuck porn, where it's like, yeah, you're gonna sit there and watch your wife get railed by this other dude, and you're just gonna sit there and take it, dude. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I am. That's what the guy in this series was talking about, and I was like, why, why did they? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> everybody's got their something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the night. But I must admit, <laughs> not, my, not my brand of whimsy, that particular thing. I don't think so, no. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to pornography, I'm like, Marge, can't I just bet that everybody has a good time? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move on. <laughs> That's more than <laughs> that's for patrons only. <laughs> <laughs> Mo arrives looking very Miami Vice-ish. Where's Mom going with Uncle Mo? He's only your emotional uncle. I'm your real uncle. Well, if Hollywood movies have taught us anything, it's that troubled relationships can be completely patched up by a mad dash to the airport. I'm off. This did remind me of something just like you're saying, very. 1990s, the mad dash to the oh, airport. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, even though it's 2005, but they're on the plane, Mo and Marge. And did you see that Mo slicked back his hair? I did, yeah. And he, and he, um, he sort of has a little inner monologue with himself and we learn here that he's going to plan a mistake. And I've just got here, fuck you, Mo. <laughs> Don't do this to Homer. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is this where he talks about, you know, he, he mentions, he talks about the meal, he mentions Snickers pie, which I thought, mm, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not for me now because Nicola's allergic to the old Snickers. But, um, but yeah, he describes <laughs> the foods. He's going, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have this, this, I'm going to have this, and then the mistake. <laughs> this is this is shows the, the fundamental differences between Dan and I, Dan's like, man, fuck Mo. You know, he's been a real prick to, you know, both to Marge and to, and to Homer. And I'm like, mm, Snickers bad. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I get me some of that? Uh, Marge points out that his upper lip is trembling. He's obviously concerned. And then he, he points out the, the, um, the little screen where you can see the, the plane flying because he thought that I think it was about a boy was going to be played. Was that the, the Bo- Boy Meets World or something? An episode of Boy Meets World? It was an episode of Boy Meets World. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then we see, and this is stupid, but it's funny, just the Homer's car on the screen. What is that? And then um, Homer's on the way. I won't let uh, that man make you happy. And the police pull him over because he's doing 125 zone or something. And then he's like, oh, here, yeah. Homer. Listen here, Simpson, you're going that fast and you ain't going to flirt yourself your way out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> but they agree to help because it's for love, you know, anything for love. And Lou points out, you don't do anything to, didn't do anything to help my marriage. Oh, shut up, Lou. You you know you're way, she's way out of your league. Then Mo he says to himself, time for Shubaduba in Aruba. And he looks out the window and sees Homer driving past. Oh, my God. God, what you, what you see, Mo? I saw nothing. I saw nothing. And Homer's like, Wiggum, uh, Chief, you've got to get me closer. Anything for love. And it's just so, it's so wacky. But this is exactly what would happen in the movies. This is exactly what Absolutely. happens. The guys somehow get through security. They fucking, they take those baggage fucking trolley things and they're driving them down the, down the runway and they're getting, they're <laughs> catching, somehow catching up to the plane that's taking off. Okay, time to chase this pig into the sty. Uh, Marge, you deserve a man who listens to you, who respects you who understands what a treasure you really are. I don't know what to say. Just say you love me, Marge. Love me like I love you. Please. Marge! That sounds like Homer. No, it isn't. I don't hear nothing. You're crazy. Get out of here. Will you marry me? Homer? How'd you get in here? Toilet hole. You leave my wife alone. You don't deserve her. You know nothing about Marge. What's your favorite food? Uh... Ice? Wrong. It's buttered noodles. He's right. Oh, it's true. I don't know Marge at all. Then Homer opens the door. She says, well, that's it, Marge. All right, I, 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 I guess I lose. I'll see you at home. I'll, I'll see you at the is it baggage claim or whatever. And he opens the door. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's panicking. He closes the door once again. And uh, and he says, no, look, you know what, Mo, you've won. And then Mo says to, to Marge, you know what, Marge, I'll be the, the, the best man you've ever had. You're going to love it. It's going to be all back rubs and how was your day, dear? Marge is like, hey, buddy, you realize I'm not actually going to be with you. This is just not going to happen. I I thought her reaction was kind of understated. Like I, I thought her reaction should have been more, of course not, Mo. What do you, what, like, she should have been more outraged. <laughs> I know, but... Marge is generally compassionate. She's a big heart. I think she really. She avoids. If she conflict. doesn't realise by now, yeah, she sort of knows that <laughs> Mo is just 
desperate. <laughs> and so she wants to let him down easy. And the real Mo comes out here. You mean I listen to all your touchy-feely yip-yap for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, Lisa got a couple of sips of your Coke when you went to the bathroom. Marge then goes to see Homer and Homer's like, look, Marge, if you ever feel like cheating on Mo, here's my card. He's a plus-size butt model. And she says, no, Homer, I ain't going to be going anywhere. I love you. You're my husband. And fuck Mo, basically. And then we get a, a moment here that's lame, but I don't know, made me smile. You know, you're my homie-wormy, romy-domy. You're my Margie-wargie-bargie-fargie-gargie-margie-targie-largie. And Homer's like, and Mo's like, I think I dodged a bullet here. <laughs> I'm, I'm team Mo. <laughs> but you don't have like... Cute, cutesy names for the lovely the weeds? Yes, but not to that degree. When I first met Nicola, for some reason, I, don't, I can't tell you why, but I used to call it Baby Cakes. That was my name for Nicola. What, what's your name for Louise? Um, it's it's really just, it's honey, usually. It's honey. Okay, <laughs> honey. What type of honey? What brand? <laughs> um, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, it's that Melaleuca one. Okay. It's, it's the tasty. The good one. Actually, no, it's that, it, it, it's that chili honey. Have you ever tried that? No, chili honey. Wowee. Is it, so it's spicy or no no it, it's a little spicy but you have it with um you have it with fried chicken oh okay so when you have honey soy is that it or is that a different type of honey no no it's actual honey but it's got like a a, 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 a dash of chili in it wow so um so you're having like chicken and waffles you ever had chicken mm-hmm. and waffles yeah 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 in the states it was a staple absolutely you just put a little of that chili honey on top and woohoo you're off to the races baby wow wait I did not I have never tasted that but I shall try and get my hands on some but we're now in Aruba. And Marge, uh, sorry, Mo just wants the tide to take him away. He doesn't want to feel no more pain. And a stingray lands on his face. Marge arrives with Homer and she says, you know what, Mo, you know, you may not got me, but you showed you can be a really sweet guy and you can make another woman happy. You just, you know, shower, shave and stop swearing under your breath. Oh, you know it all, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. He then says, you know what, I think there's going to be a bit of a mistake when we get to the... um." Well, surprise, when we get to the hotel, Marge is like, you mean that mistake where, you know, we're going to be in the wrong rooms or the same room? Yeah, maybe. And he's like excited. <laughs> Cut to he and Homer in bed together, Marge on the couch. And then she realizes, wait a minute, who's watching the kids? And they're flying in hot air balloon. I do love um, Mo confessing that he sweats blood. Yeah, I was like, that's gross. <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so the kids have entered a European balloon race and that is the end of the episode. But during the credits, or we get it? Marge. Marge and Homer singing Love Will Keep Us Together. Well, their own rendition of it anyway at Moe's. Feel like a sandwich <laughs> or maybe a manwich. I think because it just left me feeling happy. I, I think I walked out of this episode going, oh, you've left me feeling positive. Yeah. I, I've, I've been a fan of the last few stingers, shall we say, or post-credit sequences or credit uh, gags or whatever. But this one worked. Liked it. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Well, whether it's in a dank shithole or a ritzy homosexual establishment, as our man Carl says, beer's a beer. Beer is a beer. That is indeed. And there's one thing I learned from this episode, and that is this, Mr. Davis, that love will keep us together. (laughs) (laughs) Love of podcasting. From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, Mr. Davis, the current leaderboard stands at this... In third position, we have Brian Hughes, Heath Appleby, Alistair Danik, and Kyle, clever Kyle, Kyle Muldoon, (laughs) all on three points. We have in second position, D.L. Gorman and Luke McKay on five points. And in first position, we have Phil Hawkins on 10 points. Take it away, Mr. Davis. Well, in recent episodes, Dando, we have just, you know, been like a bull at a gate. We've gone straight to three, two, one points. But today we're going to stop and smell the roses, metaphorically speaking, the roses being honourable mentions. Mm-hmm. Bring it back each week, I say, because there's, there's so many titles that get missed out and they don't get read out. I think it's time we bring back a couple of uh, honourable mentions each week as well. Okay, well, there's a couple of honourable mentions, certainly this time mm. around. And again, going in blind here, folks, I know we... We may be repeating ourselves, but I don't know who gave us these titles. Dano's hiding it from me. Mm. It makes it so much more fun for us, especially. <laughs> <laughs> and fun for you as uh, as well, we hope, uh, listeners out there. You're yeah. probably on the edge of your seats as well. Honourable mentions. Whoever gave us Dank Girl. Dank Girl was brought to us by the one, the only Steve Roberts. Thank you, Steve. Roberto. Yeah, who nice usually one. comes into a... Our Zoom calls, our monthly Patreon Zoom calls from work in a factory. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many fingers he's lost so far. Four, maybe? Just by, you know, not paying attention to uh, his work in the factory instead of listening to the, uh, getting on the Zoom call. Yeah. But uh, stick with it, Steve. We do appreciate it, mate. And we do we did appreciate Dank Girl. Uh, the other honourable mention goes to Emotional Affair. That's from Clever Kyle, Kyle Muldoon. 
keeping up with the cleverness. Mm. Oh. Very clever nice indeed. Play. All right, now it's time for the big guns, the big boys, the three, two, one. Starting off with one point. Who do we have this week? Uno point goes to pub thumping. Ooh, he's done it again. It's Luke McKay. Oh boy, oh boy, nice work, Luke. Oh, you've taken your first step into a larger contest. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was a very bad Star Wars um, riff there. Uh, let's just move past that completely. Two points go to. Mo money, mo problems. My personal favourite. I think that's great. I do love that one. Uh, now, this was actually given to us twice, but the way the rules work for the, the Guide to Davis New Name Championship, I'm not sure we've done it in the past, but going forward, if you write a title and somebody else writes it, whoever wrote it first gets the points because you just don't want to open up that can of worms and have people copying each other's names. So basically, it's up to you guys to check what's been written and if what your if your idea is already out there, just don't bother writing it because you ain't going to get the points. Whoever writes the comment first gets the points. And the person this week goes to... Uh, the person this week that wrote it first was one Billy Fox. The first time they've made the Guy Davis New Name Championship leaderboard straight off the bat with two points and also uh, shout out to Adam Vergona who also wrote it, but like I said, it was a little bit late. So Billy Fox wrote it first. So Billy Fox, you get the two points. There's just no beating the fox. There is none indeed. Huh? Fox on the run. Nice one, Billy. Uh, three points, however, mm. go to Boozum Buddies. As Guy Davis said, he doesn't know who gets the points. This isn't rigged. He doesn't know. He honestly has no idea. So he must just have a, a connection with one Philip J. Hawkins. <laughs> he just keeps getting the three points. I promise you, I brought these new laws and these new rules in to prevent any bias, but I'm telling you, he doesn't know. Mr. Davis does not know. He just keeps picking Phil Hawkins' titles for the three points. So well done, Phil. You are now a clear leader on 13 points. <laughs> Everyone else, I feel really bad about it. Phil Hawkins, I feel Good for you, my man. But yes. um, clearly kindred spirits, like minds and all that kind of business. But uh, there we go. Congratulations, uh, Philip J. Keep flying high, my man. So first position, Philip Hawkins on 13. Second position now outright, Luke McKay on six. D.L. Gorman's in third position, still on the five points. And we also have uh, some other people who are also on three points. We've got Clever Kyle, Cole Muldoon, Alistair Danik, Heath Appleby, Brian Hughes also on three. And on two points, we have Billy Fox, Adam Vergona, and Fergus Jeff. So thank you, guys. And congratulations to everyone who has already made the leaderboard. Remember, you guys, if your name is just read out, you are into the wildcard draw automatically at the end of the season. But it's going to take some some catching up now for Philip J. Hawkins. He's now seven clear of the pack already. We're only seven episodes in. Come on, guys. You can catch him. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> All right, guys. So now it is time we put the new names away and we delve into the mailbag. Javale is here. Ooh. All right, Mr. Davis. Let's see mm-hmm. if the first question this week comes from Andrew JP. It doesn't. He's second. He'll be furious. The oh, first okay. question comes the first question, sorry, comes from one Dave Abbott Smith. And Dave Abbott Smith says, When dealing with a dead health inspector, do you use the garbage or recycling bin? Garden waste seems like a no. No, I think I think the green bin, don't you? I mean, human beings are recyclable. They're, you know, from to, from the dirt we came and the dirt we return. Doesn't it? Their bones disappear eventually, don't they? They just rot away. I think it takes a very, 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 very long time. Yeah, we're still discovering dinosaurs, so yeah. But um, how long does it take? Like, when do you bury somebody? How long does it take before they're nothing but a skeleton? It's been a long time since I dug up a corpse, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I know, right? We, you, we, you only got out, what, about four years ago for the first offence? Yes, that's correct. You know, time <laughs> off for good behaviour. Uh, but you know we're we're organic material, so yeah, I don't think I have a problem with putting uh, putting in the green bin. Plus, you know, people do fossic through your recyclables and your um and your red bin for stuff they can take and recycle and, and you know use themselves. I can just see that the garbo just tips the um tips a bit, uh, body into the bin, gets out of his car, slaps a big sticker, no bodies. <laughs> 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 we got in trouble for putting a milk container in the recycling the other what? week. Yeah, so the the cartons, not the not the not the square rectangle cartons, the proper mm-hmm. usual milk cartons. Yeah. They said that you couldn't recycle it. They said, "Do not put this in the bin because it's got milk in it or something." I was like, "Okay, whatever." Okay, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> that is odd. I swear it says recycling. <laughs> I don't think I've had anyone pay that close attention to my rubbish. Yeah, they they were not a fan at all. But anyway, next question comes from Andrew JP. I haven't even hello JP. Andrew says, "Yeah, hello Andrew." He says, "Did you or did you still have a favourite local pub?" 
So do you have a favorite? Well, we've mentioned gold diggers on here a few times, haven't we? Mm, yep, the the gold diggers arms in uh, yeah, which uh, the lovely Louise and Louise. Louise, she is very Louise. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to create a bit of a benefit thing here, but instead of Ben and Jennifer, it's Louise and I, so it's Louise. Okay, um, there you go. <laughs> the lovely Louise and I have been to uh, the diggers a fair bit as of late. A, a good local. Um, I like the Sphinx. I like the Sphinx. It's close. And I know people, it has a bad rap, right? But it's actually it good to feed. Sphinx in it. Um, but yeah, I do like the Sphinx. It's just close. It's local. Um, what about you? So you like Gold Diggers? That's your that's your preference? Diggers is doing well for us uh, at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of another place called the Sawyer's Arms uh, in mm-hmm. Geelong, aka Clats, um, for the name of the family that, uh, that runs it, the Clatworthies. Um, yeah, near, near Cadenia Park, near the uh, near the footy ground. Good place to go before and after a game. Uh, also, what was, what was the um, place that, you, that Bobby used to take you guys when you were growing up? What was the pub? Oh, gosh. Oh, well, Dad actually was a co-owner of a pub. In, Which one? Uh, in town, the Britannia. No shit, really. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been torn down now because <laughs> it's where the big Bay City uh, Westfield shopping centre is, and that's just expanded like a weed. So Plus, they get to all the bodies that Bobby was hiding in the wall. So very much so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is yeah, <laughs> bit of a smear on the reputation, an otherwise flawless <laughs> reputation. We know that he's an absolute saint, so we're allowed to make jokes. We are indeed, yes. Bob, to the best of our knowledge, never killed a man. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, the Brit was not what, not a bad pub either. Uh, yeah, we'd go down there every once in a while and get a nice steak and chips. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. It was when right. I, had, I had my first legal alcoholic drink. Nice one. My first, uh, no, well, it wasn't legal actually, I, I used a fake ID. My, but my first beer in a pub was at <laughs> the, old Geelong Ho- the old Geelong Hotel, which is now the hospital, St. John of God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the old Jolong Hotel. That was where I used my first fake ID and got my first beer. And man, I felt so dangerous. <laughs> and it's like the guy knew. He was just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, just have your beer. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm sorry. I feel like such a rebel. <laughs> you get one beer. Right. Yeah, my one beer. <laughs> my one little pot. All right, Melissa Kravitz. A couple, couple more before we go. Melissa Kravitz, what's the best example of a restaurant slash bar rebranding itself? Uh. Best example. Oh, I have to come back to that one, actually. I can't really think of one. I know that the... What do you call it? The um the old Bended Elbow rebranded as a posh pub, and I'm just not a fan of it. it just it's lost that real classic pub oh, feel. Because that's now called the Geelong Hotel, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, the biggest the biggest um travesty of all for Geelong was the Nash, mate. Losing the National oh, Hotel. That's right. Yeah. Uh, for those <laughs> for the ninety nine point five percent of listeners who aren't from Geelong, um, <laughs> Geelong had a hotel called the National, aka the Nash, and it was dingy, grimy, grungy. Everything you want. at the back for bars. What you want from a dive bar. It had the dank. It had the yeah, dank. It was a dank. It was an absolute dank, yeah. <laughs> and it was it was fantastic. You know, I had pool tables and, uh, but really sort of old, you know, grubby pool tables and, um, mm. you know, pool cues that looked like Gandalf's bloody walking stick, all that shit. Um, it was like that for years and years. And then um, got sold shut down for ages and then got remade as this sort of fancy schmancy gastro pub with um peaky you know, duck mu- yeah <laughs> <laughs> holy shit um, <laughs> but minus the dank and look it's it, look, it's it's perfectly fine i mean if it, if if this pub had just emerged out of nowhere you'd go Wow, Geelong's got a nice swanky pub. That's great with Peking Duck on the menu and craft beer in the taps. <laughs> but um, this was the Nash, and now it's not the Nash. Now it's the National. Yeah, it's a, if, and they're like, we're going back to the original name, guys. We promise it's not going to be any different. It's like it's pretty fucking different. Like it's very different. <laughs> <laughs> I walked in. I walked in with Nicola once. I, I've never actually eaten. There. I walked in and went, Nah, I can't do it. I feel too sad. I'll feel too sad if I'm in here. It it it, it has been sapped of all its character. It which really is, has. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. 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 All right. One more question here. Um, so this one's from Harrison Leclerc. Have either of you been for British have, you, have either of you been for British pub food? If so, what did you have? Oh, so it mm. seems to me that in England that a chicken schnitzel isn't like a mainstay. Here in Australia, chicken schnitzel's like the, the staple of a pub meal, right? Chicken schnitzel yeah. with gravy, chicken parmy, right? But in England they call it crumbed chicken and it's not a big deal. Like I got I had to like order chicken. 
but they didn't they, they wouldn't crumb it for me i just have like a chicken breast with like cheese and barbecue sauce and mm. stuff like it was like a barbecue covered grilled chicken breast it was the most bizarre thing ever like it just seems that in england a chicken parmigiana just isn't a thing and they they need to bring it in because when i go to england i miss out on my palmy you can't miss out on your palmy you know no. and I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone in england would appreciate uh, that kind of food as well they love their beans and potatoes, like like baked beans and potatoes. Oh, they're huge. <laughs> Nicola, every every meal, eggs, beans, and potato. Just oh <laughs> always God. baked potato with beans and egg. Good old fashioned fry up. Yeah, um, exactly right. I'm very. I don't know if you call this English pub grub, but I'm I am extremely partial to bangers and mash. I just love bangers and mash. It's a, it's in, a, in, in England, though, you're going to be getting pork sausages, not your beef. So here we're very we're, we're all beef sausages, but in England it's pork sausages. I'm not sure which is better, but pork is what you're going to get in England as a staple. They're both pretty good. I mean, there's a butcher at the Strand that does really, and I think we've talked about this because I think Nicola has gone to get them, the Irish pork sausages mm-hmm. from um, from the butcher at the, at the Strand off Paco. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, these, these aren't bad. Yeah, cook a couple of those on a Saturday morning with um, actually, yeah, have them with eggs. Yeah, bangers and, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I'm not taking baggers and mash for breakfast. Although, why not? Yeah, um, why not? Yes. Yes, but no. Had a couple of those pork ones with uh, some scrambled eggs. I was like, yeah, this is a bit of a right. Whenever I hear bangers and mash, I think of, oh, 90s kids will think of this little animated series from like, I think it was a UK series. There's two monkeys. One was named Banger and one was named Mash. <laughs> got banger and Mash. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, but Steve Roberts here just wants to know, if, if you and I were to open a pub, what would we call it? What would that, the name of our pub be? Well, it would be the nag and weasel, wouldn't it? The nag and weasel, yeah. I'll let you. I'll let you go. The title. You're the um. You're the sub editor. What would our What would our title be? What would the pub be? Hmm. We'll come back next week. I, Steve. I don't know about a, yeah. We'll we'll come back, but uh, I I do know that if I was going to open a, a cafe, mm-hmm. I would call it the Scrum. The Scrum for what reason? Because it, uh, it's it's a nice sounding word. Like this is a place where everybody sort of gets together and it's nice and, the scrum, and cozy. Yeah. But also, it's scrumptious. Scrumptious, yes, and also I was thinking because a scrum is in, in rugby where everyone gets together, right? Yeah, yeah. So everyone, yeah, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Good title. But it wouldn't just be scrum; it would be the scrum. The scrum. Yeah, it's got to be the something. Yeah, no, yeah, good title. It does, All yeah. right. Thanks, man. All right. <laughs> so that is the mailbag for what was this episode again? Mummy beerist. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed the next <laughs> no, no. episode. It, no. It's it's called booze and buddies. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Like we said, this episode was a lot of fun, just a bit wacky and a bit absurd, and sort of just logic thrown out the window. But that's fine. The next episode is called Homer and Ned's Hail Mary Pass. I wonder where that's going to take us. Anyway, exciting times ahead for Four Finger Discount. <laughs> so, yes, next episode, Homer and Ned's Hail Mary Pass. Do not forget, guys, that we do appreciate all of your support listening to the show. But if you do want to join the Four Finger Discount family on Patreon, it would really help us grow this brand. Don't forget, you get plenty of exclusive podcasts as well as early access to this and all the other shows we do here on the network. We also get Zoom chats with Guy and myself on a monthly basis, the Facebook group, monthly prize draws. But yes, you, you get the uh, the movie reviews that we do. You get Guy on Springfield going back and revisiting classic episodes from season 10, as well as Tales of Futurama. Those podcasts are exclusive to our Patreon. And for as little as $1 a month, you can check out everything we have there and enjoy some more Guy and, uh, Guy and Dando in your ears. But thank you guys once again for listening to our review of Mummy Beerus. Next week is Homer and Ned's Hail Mary. Pass, Mr. Davis. Any final words for those amazing listeners out there? Come back next time for more of this touchy feely yip yip. Shh.